it was only a week break and I feel like I forgot everything that had happened and that it took forever to like get back into it. I was kind of just like watching it and I'm like, uh no. Well, part of it is that it didn't pick up in a logical place for me. Oh, uh, let's, no. yeah. Let's, oh, let's, yeah, well, let's. <laughs> I, I'm so off my game tonight. Like I. It's okay. I it's okay. <laughs> I don't record my microphone. I don't know what the to one do. I, compared yeah. to my millions of times that I fuck it up. <laughs> so it's totally fine. No, 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 this is bad. This was almost really bad. Okay. This is I Hate It. Let's watch it. I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. With Julian Blossom in a well-deserved coma, Uncle Frank appoints Archie as the interim captain of the Bulldogs ahead of their big game against Stonewall Prep. And by the way, in a classic Riverdale fakeout, that Halloween night car accident was not a big deal whatsoever and everyone else is perfectly fine. Clifford Blossom blames Reggie for the incident and plans to oust him from the basketball team in favor of someone more white. But Archie gets wind of the plan and rallies the rest of the Bulldogs to threaten to boycott unless Reggie is not only allowed to stay but is made captain instead of Archie. Clifford caves and the Bulldogs end up blowing Stonewall Prep out of the water. There's not much to report on the Milkman investigation as Sheriff Keller seems completely unwilling to actually investigate. Ethel goes back to living with the Coopers and working with Jughead at Pep Comics, where they compose a new story about a murderous mailman in a feeble attempt to keep Dr. Werther's off their case. Meanwhile, Betty helps Veronica break back into the Pembroke suite, which they both use to escape their abusive parents, at least until Mary Andrews sticks her nose into their business and shames their mothers into taking them back in. But we know this show well enough to know that there's probably more child abuse on the horizon, especially with Hiram's guest appearance next week. We'll see you there. Okay, as I was saying, this episode does not pick up in a logical place for me because we were left with two pretty serious cliffhangers at the end of the prior episode, and there's none of that urgency when we come back. I think that's why I was so confused. I was kind of like, wait, where did we leave off? I was really mad initially because I was like, wait, we're just not, we're just not going to talk about either of these things. I was going to be really upset if some, there was just like a throwaway comment of like, oh, and everybody from that accident was fine, which they basically did, except Julian is somehow in a coma. All of them are fine, except for Julian. Which fine, fine by me. Yeah. Like I'm totally okay with it. But yeah, (laughs) I mean, if anyone had to be in a coma, it's fine that it's Julian. But none of them even really had injuries. They were all just sitting in the, hospital waiting room like yeah just well everybody wet. else is fine and it turns out that Reggie rescued them all like he didn't get knocked unconscious or something so he went back down and he saved all of them I love that he made it seem though that like it was a decision that he really had to think about at first he's like and then like I knew like I had to go back in and it's like well yeah I mean I think you would right but, <laughs> but it was more so because he knew that he would get taken down for it because mm. It was a car full of white guys and him. And so if he was the only one who survived, they would figure out somehow how to blame the whole thing on him, which Clifford still wanted to do. But I guess now that there are living witnesses, he can't really do that quite as effectively. I mean, it got dark when it came to the Clifford of it all. Yeah. He's a fuck. Like, we knew he was a fucking asshole. But the way he, like, threatened Cheryl. I mean, we will get into it. But he was just coming at all cylinders this episode. And I was like, okay, now I know why I'm kind of, like, okay with not having him on my screen. Yeah. And one season of him was enough, I think, in Mm -hmm. the first place. But... I do think, and then also when, you know, Claudius came into the picture, there was that whole nonsense, his uh, twin brother, Claudius. You remember that? Why am I not remembering that? I just watched it. No, I mean, from like season three. Oh, no, I don't remember that. Or maybe it was season two. I don't remember which one. The name. Yes. It's the same actor. 
but he, right. but he plays Claudius instead. Oh wait, yes, yes, yeah. Because don't they? It's something about the maple syrup. Si- it's yeah, like about gets, selling or something. Yes, he comes in to help run the business, but he's also doing like side deals with other nefarious characters in Riverdale. Right, like, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we, we did have to see him for like a little. He was just different, though. He wasn't quite as malicious as this I think but it's funny because Riverdale seems to not be able to get away from the whole parents are evil kind of like except for Fred Andrews who I mean and FP to some extent but even he was in a gray area towards the beginning but we really don't see a lot of solidly good parents in this show and more often than not they're just straight up evil (laughs) yeah it got to a point where I actually like wrote, wrote my notes I was happier when they didn't have parents. Right. The complications of everything that we see in this episode and like what goes down, especially with Veronica and Betty, that whole thing pissed me the fuck off. Uh, Yeah, we can get to that. Yeah. (laughs) But I find it hard to believe that one discussion with Mary, everything's fine. So do we want to start? How how do you want to start? I honestly don't know because we started talking about the car accident and Reggie and all that. And then Then we'll we'll continue with that then. Let's let's try to be a little organized because I'm annoying myself that I kind of (laughs) went off the rails. That's all right. I mean, like a lot of the things are connected so we can sort of bring in other stuff if we feel like it. But so with Julian being in the coma, Uncle Frank appoints Archie as, I guess, an interim basketball team captain, which is like sort of an interesting idea. Um, I feel like Julian wouldn't be so pleased about this. No. But Archie takes it and, you know, he has the whole like, oh, your dad's so proud, blah, blah, blah. And it's interesting because he... (laughs) He's decent at sports in this time period, but they're really not his passion whatsoever. No, and we're told that it's not his passion, no, especially this episode. Because you know what is poetry? Poetry. <laughs> I so his teacher <laughs> reads this poem out loud in class. And Archie is the opposite of cool while she's doing it. And it's not the worst thing I've ever heard, but it's not great. But it wasn't something to bring about as like this exceptional uh, example. Right. Like yeah. pull, like the needle out of a haystack of the whole class. Right. Because I mean, even at that point, Kevin turns around oh and God. compliments Clay. Like he's, Clay wrote it. And he's, he's so like, obnoxious. I didn't fucking write it. He, like, right? Like, like get out of his ass. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> literally figuratively all of it but then the teacher like totally blows Archie's cover and is like no this was written by Archie Andrews and everybody's looking at him he's like all upset about it and she's like you know you really shouldn't hide your talents and you know you should focus on this a little bit more blah 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 and I just I feel like I don't disagree with that philosophy or at least that read on this situation but like embarrassing him in front of the class like that yeah not cool right she could have went into it saying like i'm gonna read an anonymous yes and then i pulled one out of the yeah be like so i mean obviously you know i read your poem and i think it's because you're really good at this kind of stuff and you should really lean into it i i just i feel like that was just a lot maybe it's that's a trigger for me i didn't like ever being singled out even for something good in class like i did not want that attention on me so i would have been really mortified (laughs) if that had happened and i'm guessing because julian's in 
in a coma. If he wasn't and he was in class, I could have definitely predicted, like, the follow-up bullying. Like, oh, you're such a pussy. Yeah, well, you like poetry type of stuff. I'm glad we didn't have to go through that. I feel like Julian may have had, like, a come-to-Jesus moment or something when he was in his coma. Because... Yeah. So the way that the rest of this episode kind of unfolds is there's just this tension with Reggie. And Archie believes that Reggie should be the captain of the team. He is a better player and particularly against Stonewall Prep where he used to play. Reggie has a lot of insider knowledge on how to defeat them. and Which I thought was pretty awesome. Like yes. how they broke it down. Like, okay, I know exactly how this guy works. I know how this guy works. I was like, that is fucking genius. I'm surprised they let it happen though because like a conflict of interest or something. Like, <laughs> because No, like, but, but, like how they let the actual game and then be able to verse each other just because he knew like the inside scoop of that team like he knew their plays probably he knew yeah like, but that happens them. all the time in professional sports yeah, i guess so players get traded and whatnot fair i mean i was just thrilled to see brett's punchable face on our screen oh my again. gosh that was great so much so cheryl overhears clifford talking to somebody who is he talking to i think Werther's uh, probably Werther's. yeah, yeah. And, or no, it might have been Featherhead. Oh, okay. And Clifford's basically just got this plan to get rid of Reggie, bring in K.O. Kelly. Oh, here we go. From Boston. And I don't need to see him ever again. So, and basically the objective here is to make the team white again. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's the plan. Cheryl overhears this and tells Archie. So then Archie goes to Reggie and is like, we can't have this. I don't think this should happen. He rallies the team and they go confront Clifford and basically say, we're not going to play unless you let Reggie stay on the team and allow him to be captain. And Clifford is like very scary. (laughs) It's like, I don't respond well to threats. And it it was just like, oh God, he could actually have you all killed. So maybe, (laughs) I don't know. Right. But he does back down because Reggie is then made captain and they fucking spank Stonewall Prep in the game, which we don't get to see. Can I tell you, I'm so glad we didn't have to see I know, it. I know. I was thinking that too. I was, as soon as they started with the toss up at the beginning, I was like, no, it'd be great if they just kind of like faded to black from here and we don't have to watch the game. And that's basically what they did. I was like, yes. Yeah, that was that was actually sweet. And I like how they did that with the whole like them like listening on the radio. Yeah, like or all around town. I thought that was very cool. Yeah. So the reason that I like kind of jammed through all of that is because I wanted to talk about how Julian seems really okay that all of this is going on. Yeah, we all excited that they won the game. But, like, you would think, based on his personality, what we've seen to this point, he wouldn't give a shit that the team won. He would give a shit that Reggie was their captain, that he wasn't there. You know, it's, like, shocking to me that he didn't have a more violent reaction to that. And even his little banter with Cheryl, when she, like, thinks he's still in the coma. Yeah. And then he, like, wakes up and he's like, oh, don't call your brother in a coma. Like, say he sounds like whatever. And it's like, it was cute. And then... Yeah, watching but them Julie's both listen to the radio. <laughs> uh, never thought I'd say that. No. Never. Yeah. And it was it was nice to see finally. I mean, I don't know how long that's going to last, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either. That might just be like one of those inconsistencies that just occurs in the show all the time. Right. Because even at the beginning when Cheryl was so upset that Julian was in a coma, like I get that they're twins, but he has treated her like absolute garbage 
from what we've seen, he actively pimped her out to yep. Archie in the beginning of the season. He's been derogatory about her preferences, her sexual preferences and lifestyle. So I don't understand why she's so upset. I mean, she's allowed to be a little bit upset, but she's like devastated. She's Jason level <laughs> yes, upset. Yes. Which I even wrote down it would this whole scene would make more sense if it was Jason. Absolutely. Because yeah, I was like they're not close. They're not that like butt buddy no twins that her and Jason are. So it was just it was funny to see that like that didn't change. Just her attitude towards a sibling didn't change. The blossom vibes were off this week. I didn't really understand Ugh, what was going on with them. All of that. Like I'm glad she defended him towards the dad and was just kind of like all you care about is the fucking game like your kids in a coma like and mm-hmm. that threat was just kind of like he like grabs her and it's like yeah you're yeah. right I fucking care about this more like whoa asshole yeah yeah we it don't was horrible we don't often see physical abuse on this show from the parent that's right. not often how it manifests it just comes out in all the other ways yeah yeah <laughs> exactly much. I mean every, every mental other way possible. emotional yeah so I guess speaking of terrible parents Let's go now to Betty and Veronica. What is happening here? (sighs) Yeah, this... We'll get to that part of it, but it all begins with... um, Sorry, I just felt something on my leg. Oh, no! No! It's your spider (laughs) coming to fucking kill me. Which won't make any sense because I wasn't recording any of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a spider from my closet. No, I think it was just a fuzz, but still a freaking fuck out. uh, Okay. That's valid. (laughs) So, yeah, so it all begins basically because it's been agreed upon that Ethel is not going to go back to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and that Alice is going to take her in again, which is so fucking stupid. Yeah, and I agree with Ethel. She was like, oh, no fucking thanks. I'd rather live on the streets. And Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but she does go anyway she does go and it becomes because we're still in that fight with betty and alice where you know <laughs> alice is alice not isn't her, her mother. mother anymore yeah and she's basically gonna you know take on ethel now under her wing and use her basically it's so fucking for, as childish. the daughter figure now it's yeah so childish because betty comes down for breakfast and like alice has made ethel breakfast and you know she's like oh you want to walk to school with me and then Alice is like, no, I'm driving Ethel to school, basically, and like, you can go walk. fuck yourself. Yeah, and it was just like, are you an adult? Are you actually a grown adult? Because this is not adult behavior. Yeah, it's real. It's horrible. So then she gets to school, and she's basically without cursing her out, cursing out her mother to Veronica. Mm-hmm. And that's when Veronica admits, listen, I got kicked out of my penthouse. <laughs> I am basically a squatter. You at think you got problems. Right. So they decide Betty is like this criminal. Well, she's always been good at picking locks. She, yeah, she has. Yeah. But um, she's like, well, have you ever tried to get like, just, you know, yeah, break get in, back in. <laughs> And she's like, well, no, you know, so then she does that and they get back into the Pembroke and Veronica basically invites her to stay. She's like, you can live yeah, with me. she's like, yeah, we could just chill, which I again, I was kind of liking it. Yes. I mean, just the idea of it. They have each other, you know, right. they don't have to worry about being around or thinking of how horrible their parents are because they have each other. So yeah, and it was nice to see them. I mean, I'm sorry that they had to bond over trauma, but it was nice to kind of see them talking about something more meaningful 
yes boys and then what's to come and with their hanging out and uh living together situation because immediately miss horndog veronica is like we're gonna have a sleepover party and we're inviting clay and kevin and they do this musical number that was so unnecessary yeah it it made no sense contextually i don't know did you perform any musical numbers at your sleepovers in high school because no we just recited anchorman a lot (laughs) okay (laughs) like that's what we we would just say lines of movies to each other all the time in middle school we did dance routines and stuff we would have like a talent show we'd all like do a quick rehearsed dance routine to some kind of song but we didn't do musical performances with bubbles there were bubbles that was everywhere it's funny we did do (laughs) one thing we did we would pretend we were in the wwe oh god and we would record our pre-match yeah. interviews and stuff. <laughs> Wait, do, does footage of this still exist? Can I tell you, I think Okaria found it on a disc <gasps> she had like in her old computer, but I don't know if she has it anymore. Oh, but I remember no. when she brought it up to me, like it was years ago, but it was way after high school when we did it. So it was still a shock then. Oh my God. And we're watching it and I'm like, this is the shit we did. Yeah. We thought this was funny and Uh cool because this is embarrassing as fuck i had a karaoke machine so Mm -hmm. we used to i mean we would do karaoke but then we would also do pretend talk shows the chadwick show was what it was called and we would we would pretend to interview our teachers and we would pretend to be the teachers that we really hated and we like invented these love triangles and like all of this That's like amazing trashies. and those tapes do exist somewhere which is why I can never run for a political office yeah my wrestling career did not take off <laughs> hey man there's still time there, yeah that's true never say I never. actually just read today another tangent that this woman 41 just graduated medical school there you go she has a family of nine children <gasps> <gasps> and she's going to be a neurosurgeon. No, incorrect. So you know what? Where do you find Guess the what? time? What is her exactly? Husband do? So also you can. It's never too late. Basically, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, inspiring words, but at the same time, I just don't want to do anything ever. So exactly. <laughs> I like to think that my mind is there. I'm content that, with know. my mediocrity. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anyway, this this godforsaken sleepover. So things start getting steamy because Veronica just immediately changes. It's like how big are your dick? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Like you know, for for, out of nowhere, for no reason. And and it's not even how big are your dicks. It's how big are Archie and Reggie's dicks? Because I know you guys are looking in the locker rooms, which I feel like is kind of an uncomfortable stereotype of gay men that they're all just like looking around at each other's peepees in the locker rooms. See, and it's weird. I didn't take it like that. I just kind of took it like you're all naked dudes. You've definitely seen each other's shit. Like, you know what I mean? But like, I also see what you're saying that it it does come off that way. It was only the way that she said it that made me feel like it was specifically like, oh, well, you guys are gay. So you've obviously seen penises. But yeah, so it sounds like they both are satisfactory. packing. But the big kahuna is the BDE (laughs) of uh, Riverdale High is drumroll. Dilton Doily. 
he is packing some meat. And I, I think Veronica said something along those lines afterwards. Yeah, so the next day they're like hung over at school. Yeah, and they're wearing sunglasses inside. I don't know if I've ever been so hung over that I needed to wear sunglasses indoors. And to make yourself so obvious, right. you're all four sitting together. Yeah, get over like, yourselves. Oh my God. So they're like <laughs> sitting at the pep rally for the game. Yeah, whatever. I don't know what that was. That was a weird... It, yeah, it was thing. a Archie weird, I don't a know if it, it was dumb. <laughs> so stupid. And you see like Betty and Veronica like looking down to Delta and like, oh, hey, like giggling. We're thinking about you like yeah. that now. This poor kid has no idea. Right. It made me a little bit uncomfortable because they're not attracted to Dilton and like they're just thinking about the fact that he has a big dick. So like, I don't know. It, it felt very objectifying for him, which. Yeah. You know, one thing if they were like really into him, but they're they're just interested in his penis. And that's like, that's got to be a bummer for him. I mean, I, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I, I would like- have loved if or would love if something came out of it where they decide to like take him under their wing and give him like this full makeover like like a she's all that kind of thing yes he's all that though <laughs> right which I believe they did and they it did failed. do that I I've heard nothing good about it. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, so kind of do that and be like, listen, you need to match that dick you have. We need you to strut your stuff and give off that BDE because you got to share your gift with the world. Yeah, no, but that's never going to happen because Dalton Doyle is like a C-list character in this show. And I know the only reason he he's even relevant to us is because we've been picking fun at him this whole season he's the nerd he's the quintessential nerdy kid that nobody's friends with and now he has a big dick it's like they're trying to make up for it somehow yeah it kind of reminds me of uh jerry and parks and rec where like they all shit on him but he has his beautiful wife and stuff and it's just like right he's like rich and has like the most gorgeous family and and it's yeah yeah and it's just like well i mean i guess that's nice but you also spend all this time making fun of him so it's yeah it's god anyway tangent so something i didn't know did you know this that mary had a store did we know this okay i think it was indirectly said at certain times because i remember reggie saying that mary made their halloween costumes last time in the last episode and then i feel like there might have been something before that where they said something about her being a seamstress i think maybe when archie was on the date with veronica in like the second or third episode okay he might have said something like oh my mom's a seamstress in town or something like that it was weird to see her in like a working environment though yes and did you recognize the working environment because i do believe that um, storefront has been used at least twice before (laughs) i was gonna say was that her uh i believe it was jewelry jewelry store store and then i before that i believe it was the video store with the whole like altar Oh, yeah. See, that was a good season, too. Was it? (laughs) That was season five. In comparison. Well, season four season. Yeah. (sighs) But yeah, so Betty and Veronica are there shopping. And Veronica basically tells Mary, like, oh, can you have him sent to the Pembroke and all that stuff? And they admit that, you know, Betty's living with her and it's just them. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mary can't leave well enough alone, apparently. Like, just has to right? like they, stick her I don't nose. think they gave off any, like, concerning. No! It's not like they were unwashed, unfed, right? <laughs> scavenging for scraps in the dumpsters. They were doing well and they could be left alone, I think. Yeah. Like, don't force them back under the roof 
approves of the parents who are abusing them. Except for Veronica. Exactly. I mean, and now she's just basically getting Veronica evicted because. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she smooths things over with Hermione allegedly, but like she's probably just poked a hornet's nest. Yeah. And I, again, I don't understand how it took one day to convince Alice and Hermione to be better to their children. Right. And we saw the conversation with Alice. We didn't get to hear the conversation with Hermione, obviously. But even the conversation she had with Alice, Alice didn't look like she was convinced at all. She looked like she was 100% fine with the way she was behaving and who the fuck cares what Betty's doing. That was the vibe I got there. So when Betty moved back home, I was like, really? (laughs) Yeah, that was quick. I I would have taken that with a grain of salt. And then Alice was just like, did her laundry and is like, oh, so is this me? Of course, you and Ethel are my daughters. And it's like, oh, oh, speaking of daughters. Yes, quick sidebar. Oh, we find out. The most anticlimactic Holly is alive. She just doesn't live in Riverdale anymore. And she's just busy all the time. Yeah, she she got out of there when she was 18. And she was never to be heard or seen from again. And like, all right, fine. That's super lame. Okay. So you would think then that Alice would be a little more comforting towards her daughter that's still there. Well, I mean, I think that's why she was so overprotective. And then Betty was pushing back on her about that. But Alice is just fucked up so hard. I called her a lot of names in my notes this episode. (sighs) She's she's the worst. I really hate her. I really do. There's nothing redeeming this season whatsoever. When the show finally is over, maybe our last episode, we can discuss like worse parents and. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we could do worse siblings. Listicles. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so we can now go into the milkman of it all. Or should I say the mailman? Because what is going on here? This reminded me of when Jughead was at Stonewall Prep and he was trying to write about the Black Hood, but he called it the Brown Hood. Oh my god, it's the Brown Hood! (laughs) That's not even like an intimidating color. No, and the the mailman is also not an intimidating person. No, and like anybody with two eyes, two ears can fucking figure out that it's supposed to be the milkman, but whatever. So, yeah, Ethel goes back to working at Pep Comics with Jughead to be an illustrator, essentially. And she wants to write about the milkman. But Mr. Fieldstone is like, no, we were told not to do that, essentially. Like, we're trying not to get shut down here. So don't do that. So that's when Jughead and Ethel very cleverly come up with the mailman idea. And then even though it's totally transparent, Mr. Fieldstone is like, this is great. I mean, we're going to make a stand, right? We're going to we're going to be like big fuck you to all the, you know, comic book haters of the world and it's just like, yeah, okay. You you do that. Yeah. And Sheriff Keller's not doing any investigating. He's, he's That was great so too done. where he's like, <laughs> yeah, he was just like, well, we'll, you know, we'll fingerprint him and then if he's in the system he is, if he's not, he's not. Like it was just kind of like <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. The, he went from being like so in tune to it and interested in yeah and trying to like honestly put blame on everybody and now it's like oh well he's dead so i don't care anymore it's like well there's a reason he did what he did can we try to figure that out or what so we get nothing i'm really pissed that we didn't get anything about who that person was who did she kill who was that milkman like we haven't even (sighs) identified him yet but i feel like we're not even gonna go back to it like that was it we're done (sighs) no please no please no i want to know more too we have to no we have to go back to it because they teased us with that whole thing about the guy who wrote the milkman comic originally and his suicide and 
all of that. Like that has to be relevant. That they couldn't have just thrown that in there for no reason. I mean, they could have. But have you watched the show before? <laughs> but that feels like a really obvious lead, and it it reminds me kind of of the Mothman, which is funny. The Mothman and the Milkman. But it reminds me of the Mothman when Nana Rose was like, we found one one time and we, we put him in a barrel of syrup. And then like nobody ever looked into that. And then it ended up being right. really significant at the end. So that's what this feels like, where it's just like they teased us with like this really huge question. And then they're like, but we're not going to answer that for eight more episodes. And it's just like, fuck. God, I, <laughs> I can't, especially where we're at. So, yeah, so. The decisions made. Mr. Fieldstone is all about it. He's like, this is going to be great. And then he brings up that, like, a storm is coming. Yeah. Like, it got really intense for no apparent, like, comic books? Like, what what are comic books doing here? (laughs) Right? Like, how threatening can they be? Well, I mean, Dr. Werther's is on a rampage to make them seem like they're corrupting everybody. And by the way, when he and Principal Feather, Feather, Feather be... What is it? Featherstone. Feather, no. Featherhead. Feather. Featherhead. <laughs> we, we just merged so many Riverdale names. Weatherby. Because they stone. fucking do that. <laughs> so when they sit down with Jughead and Ethel at the school, the sweater that Dr. Werther's was wearing is one oh, of the most hideous pieces of clothing I've ever seen in my life. It was like a mustard yellow, kind of plaid and yeah. fuzzy, like really Ugh. really, oh my god, wool I guess. It looked itchy. I felt itchy just looking at him. I could not get over this sweater for like, I, I wasn't even listening to what they were saying because I was just like, what? what? You know what I can't get over that I feel like, are they in a relationship that we don't know about? <laughs> There's something going on there. Like There's something going on. It's not just sexual the way- because we know Dr. Werther's is into little girls, but I think right. there's definitely manipulations occurring. I was going to say, he's a dom and Featherhead <laughs> is a sub. Because you can just tell by, like, the stance. Yeah. Like, how he stands up behind him right. and then, like, Featherhead, like, he's always can't looking really to talk. Him. Yeah, yeah he doesn't, like... to him for confirmation, like, did I say the right thing? Exactly. Or, like, what did there's you some say? weird shit happening yeah. with these That's, two. It's a weird relationship. I totally agree. I don't know exactly if, there, if there's even anything beyond that... I I don't know but right it's not right and then again the end of the episode jughead's voiceover basically says that again there is a storm coming mm-hmm. and it seems very like ominous but dark about people not surviving it and i'm not really sure i mean again next episode is the the crucible it's episode 13 right the one we've been anticipating would be like our change back to normal but i don't <laughs> think that's gonna no, happen because not. the episode after that is a fucking original musical. Okay. And I am so not excited. Okay. That. Okay. Listen, I'm not, yes. I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I am cautiously optimistic because you know that my biggest problem with the Riverdale musicals is that they try to fit other songs written for completely different purposes to the show and it never quite works. So I really hope that they can make it better by doing original having music. yeah having custom made songs for the musical i'm optimistic i mean the episode's called archie the musical which i fuck i don't want to yeah oh god i don't want to and i and actually again, i feel like this is this is fine because usually 
we're dealing with lots of other more important things going on. So the musical always feels like an interruption to more important stuff happening, whereas nothing really matters currently in the 50s in Riverdale. That's true. So, so throw in the musical. Yeah, it's not so might do as anything. well. Give us a musical episode. It'll take up time so that we can just get closer to getting back to where we're supposed to be. We haven't even seen Tabitha yeah. in a long time, I feel like. We haven't heard from her. Yeah, and um, what's her face? Tony wasn't in this episode either. No. Yeah, and you would think she might be, given that Cheryl was going through some kind of personal crisis, but whatever. <sighs> whatever. I Fine. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Seriously. And I keep thinking about it, and literally there's only six episodes left, and I... I, I know. Like, how are they going to... What are they going to do? I, uh, We're going to be in the 50s the whole time. I think maybe we'll get two episodes in the present day. Maybe one. telling you, I really hope this was all a dream. I hope the whole series was a dream. <laughs> no. I don't want that. would that. make me feel a little better. Or at least, like, a certain point. That there was, like... I mean, again, you rewatched the whole thing, but... Like, when Archie got killed by the bear, everything that happened after that was just a... Hallucination, yeah. and then he wakes something up like out of that, a coma. where there was like that one. There was that one little blip that it wasn't noticeable, like it wasn't in your face, but it was enough to like when you go back and you're like, "This is when it all changes." And they have to go back to a reference point where they're like, "It's been a fucking fake in a dream this whole time since this part." I would love for that to be the case. Well, I wouldn't like that, but I, I don't know. I just don't want to feel like... How, how do you want it to end? I told you. I think that the way that it could end in a satisfactory way for me is if they fix the timelines and are able to reset and fix some of the evil things that happen in Riverdale. So, like, Jason doesn't die and, you know, like, maybe other people don't die. Bad things don't happen. So, like, we kind of get to see how they've made changes in the 50s, which, by the way, they're not really doing. Like, the focus on, like, making the world a better place is not <laughs> it's not where we're at right now. It's really not. No. But that's what they were supposed to be doing, if you recall what Tabitha said. And so yep. if we had followed her instructions and started, you know, trying to improve things, then then we would be putting this timeline on on track to have a different slash better future. That ultimately ends up in a similar way as where we left it, but just different in, in better ways. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I just, I need to know what the significance of making this whole season of 50s <laughs> was, though. I do think it was just them trying to do an homage to the original comics before they got shut down forever. Yeah, but I never knew that they were so horny. I don't think that they were, but maybe, I don't know. I've never read the comics, so maybe they were me horny either. in the Me neither, so it was just kind of like, yeah, I, it's just so weird to me that, like, you bring us to this place, like you said, to try to change it and, you know, all that, but we're just really dealing with horny teenagers and boring basketball and like we're not doing like anything. nothing significant at all no i mean archie is making strides against racism but it, you know <laughs> it's really it's so small scale that how how much is it really going to change the future of riverdale that is true it was a little i was a little like ooh, burn when reggie was <laughs> like let me guess that guy's a few shades yeah lighter than me i was like whoa fuck well yeah this is all about racism but yeah 
I did say something in my notes about how fucking racist Clifford is. Yeah, I I wrote Clifford Blossom definitely peaked in high school. (laughs) Oh, and his hair is awful. It's not great. It's not great. Somebody else. Oh, between Uncle Frank's mustache, his very tight shirt. When Archie went to like talk to him in the (gasps) office, and I was like, I don't like this look at all. Shorts though, Archie had very short shorts. (laughs) No, I did not. I was. (laughs) You were so distracted by the shirt. But yeah, like he like between the mustache and then like busting out of this shirt. It's like that's not no. I don't like that at all. Somebody else's hair bothered me too. I love how I'm like Alice can suck a bag of dick. She a whole a whole bag. I don't know. Somebody else had shitty hair. Everybody too. had like, shitty hair. Is- it really could be anybody. But yeah, so we're coming down to the wire here. Literally, I keep thinking we have so much left and we don't. It's six episodes. I know. The end is going to be here before we know it. And we will have no idea what we accomplished, I imagine. So should be a good time. Yeah. I mean, we've given everybody our awesome banter. So I think. Yeah. Something good came out of it. And it was us. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) This week's pod pick of the week, which I'm surprised I have not brought up in the past, I think because she's just very close to me and i don't know why i wouldn't have her as a pod pick of the week but the rebel healer she gets a plug constantly whenever you mention she does you're on her uh, she does get the plug but this is me kind of telling you listen to the other episodes not just the ones i'm on (laughs) (laughs) they're awesome they're informative as you know crystal is a reiki healer and a shaman but she also like doesn't play by the rules with it So that is the whole premise of her podcast is just kind of like taking healing to another level where it doesn't have to be all, you know, sunshine and rainbows and all that hippy dippy stuff, you know. So definitely check her out. Um, I will have everything if you haven't already listened, which I hope you have, but all of her info will be on our post this week. And what else? What else? Of course, you know where to find us. Keep up to date with all of our fun stuff that we will eventually have once Riverdale's done. Because, again, we have a series in the works for you. <laughs> Actually, we might have another one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're busy. We should. We're busy. We're, we're trying to, you know, get ahead of, ahead of the game. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for those announcements. And do you have anything you'd like to add? Oh, I sure do. Yes. June 27th, the date of publication of this episode, is several things. Oh, my God. Did you hear that? Was that thunder? No, it was fireworks. Some asshole is shooting off fireworks like two blocks away. (laughs) That was loud. I know. I saw the flash from it out my window. (laughs) Wow. Interrupting me in my spiel. So anyway, June 27th is Decide to be Married Day. No, thank you. So been there, done that. If you're hesitating on whether or not you want to get married, June 27th is Decide to be Married Day. Oh, so you could like decide not to? It's like just the decision in general? The implication from this website is that you're going to decide in the affirmative that you would like to be married. Oh, okay. Um, it's also National Bingo Day. If you want to cool. go play bingo, maybe you might hit it, hit it big. Maybe there's extra luck involved. That's very possible. And it is National Sunglasses Day. 
So hopefully the it's sunny where, Tuesday. yeah, it's sunny where you guys are because it's going to fucking rain here until the end of the summer, apparently. So yeah, I noticed that this week, like it's just clouds all week. And I'm like, great. Very, very annoying. Very exciting for our summer. That doesn't feel like a summer yet. because No, yeah, it's a slow start to summer. So hopefully it kicks in real soon and then stays into September. Maybe if it stayed nice and warm through the end of September would be nice. That would be very delightful. But we'll have to see. Mother Nature's a fickle bitch. <laughs> I love me that fall weather, though. So oh, you need... Not... You shut up. <laughs> don't bring <laughs> you it up. Shut your mouth. Don't bring it upon us prematurely. You shut your mouth and you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, so until then, that's Endgame. Endgame.